as an executive, I was interviewing other women. And what I started to notice was that there was an epidemic of women that were undervaluing themselves. I would have these highly qualified women come in and they would be asking for these very low salaries. And it was like, it wasn't making a lot of sense to me because I could see all of their value, but they weren't valuing themselves. And that's when I knew that not only did I have a plan that worked, but now I wanted to help other women. Welcome to the Ladies Who Lead podcast. This is a community of women supporting women. Tune in every other Thursday to hear from SK Vaughn as she catches up with ordinary ladies doing extraordinary things. We will cover topics like diversity and inclusion, gender pay gap, thought leadership, and respect in the workplace. We want to celebrate with you and hear stories of success and hard lessons learned. Whether you are a lady who leads in the boardroom or a lady who leads in your community, this is the place for you. Let's do this. Award-winning holistic career coach and author, Mary is breaking barriers when it comes to women's career advancement. Before developing her signature My Promotion Plan system, she followed traditional career advice that only left her with more self-doubt, frustration, and work with no end in sight. Through promotion planning, she scaled her career into the C-suite and was named partner, giving her the income, impact, and joy she has always dreamed of. Mary is now committed to empowering and equipping women to advance in the workplace. She speaks and works with individual women to create customized My Promotion plans and accelerate their leadership. For faith-based audiences, she teaches God's true design for women in work and how to harness the faith of God to soar in your career. Mary consults with business leaders that desire to have more equitable workplaces and systems for women to advance. Wow, there are so many good nuggets in this episode. Just go ahead and get a piece of paper out, ladies. Like, this one's great. So excited to have Mary joining us. She's a corporate trainer and coach, and you will not be disappointed. Well, I'm so excited to have Mary here on the podcast today. Welcome. Thank you, SK. It's my pleasure to have an opportunity to speak with you and um, share with your listeners. Yeah, definitely. Well, I always like to kick things off with how are you surviving and thriving this week? And while you're thinking through that, I will start us off first. So how am I surviving this week? Well, (laughs) it's been a lot. It's been really fun uh, navigating a new team and just trying to get great work out the door. And it's always uh, fun, but it has been a crazy, crazy week. I've had family in town unexpectedly. Um, a lot of spontaneity going on this week with work and personal life. And so trying to find that, that good balance, which we all know to be true, there's really not one, uh, can make you feel a little chaotic. And so I am just trying to, I'm just going to keep swimming this week. That's what I keep telling myself and, and keep working through it and smiling and definitely looking forward to um, a trip in our near future. So I'm thriving with this idea of heading to Puerto Rico next week, which will be really fun to see family, but also just to relax and, and enjoy the sights and all the beauty that's there. So that is how I am surviving and thriving this week. What about you, Mary? That's awesome. Vacations are always a blast. That's 
it's great that you have that in the near future. Uh, so for me, let's see here, surviving. Last week I was out of town at a conference. And so that kind of threw my schedule off different time zone. Plus we had the time change. So I think I've just tried to survive getting back into a routine and we're moving in a couple of weeks. So nothing feels like I, I just love schedules and routines and that's just not the place that I'm in. So I am just um, surviving through that. Just knowing that what happens each day is enough. Um, I am enough. And, you know, there's, there's a tomorrow right around the bend uh, for thriving. So many exciting things. I'm going to be starting my own podcast. So that'll actually be coming out in a few weeks. So I will be interviewing guests this tomorrow. So that's, that's something that's super exciting and thriving as well as um, just continuing on with the, the book launch that I've recently had. But more even than that, I'm going to be starting to work with um, another client where I'll be doing some business coaching with them. And I just love the whole community and the whole culture. So it's just this exciting new world of getting integrated into a new team. So that's been really, really awesome. And they've just been super welcoming. So I'm, I'm excited about this opportunity. Yeah, that's exciting. Congratulations on all the great things that are happening. And I can completely um, relate to the whole schedule being thrown off this week with the time zone, not, not with time zones, yes, but also springing forward. Uh, for whatever reason, it's never easy. My body just doesn't want to do it. So I relate. Um, but yeah, congrats on the podcast. That's a huge feat. Cannot wait to listen. Thank you. It's, 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 it's always such a fun, exciting journey, starting something new, especially, you know, I, I think sometimes we look at things that we almost put them up on these pedestals. And there was a point in my life where I'm like, I would never be a podcaster. I, I mean, I wouldn't even know where to begin. And so to, to be at this stage where uh, we have some, we have a lot recorded and we're, we're getting ready to go. It's, it's exciting place to be. Yeah. That's a huge feat. Congratulations. Thank you. So tell our friends who are listening a little bit more about yourself, like what's your background and, and really kind of how did that propel you into writing a book? Absolutely. So as, as SK said, I'm Mary and I help women go from passed over to promoted. My business is centered around this seven step blueprint that I put together that I now call a my promotion plan. And I am passionate about helping women to have more income more impact and enjoy their lives more. Years ago, I was stuck in my career. I actually went from the restaurant industry and I flipped into working for a wellness center as a front office assistant. And as I look back, I can see these gaps where I wasn't really believing in myself the way that I needed to be. And so I switched jobs. And even when I was going to switch jobs, my husband was telling me, you know, you should get a job outside of the restaurant industry. And I'm like, I'm kind of thinking like, hey, who's going to want to hire me? That's where my experience was. I went to school for hotel restaurant management. Um, th this is kind of like my zone. I love what I do. I'm really good at it. And I was actually working at that point in time consulting for over 30 Fortune 500 brands. And I just was I, I was loving what I was doing, but I could tell it was time to flip. Um, 
when I came home with hives one day and that's when my husband, he had challenged me. And so I got this job working at this wellness center, starting off as this front office assistant position. And it was such a unique opportunity for me because I didn't have to go into freezers. I didn't have to come home smelling like grease anymore. And I was like, oh, I like this. I could get dressed up. And, and uh, you know, it was a good change for my family too. My husband and I were recently married and having kids, having Fridays off. It was just, it's just going to be a really good environment, but for like pay wise, it was the third pay cut I was actually taking since meeting my husband. Um, and, but I don't know why I just felt like God was calling me to be in this place. And so I just told him, I'm like, I'm going to just, I'm just going to be here. I don't, I don't know why, but I'm supposed to be in this place. And, you know, within a week, my bonus went from $500 up to $3,000 a month. Um, I was able to earn a couple of promotions within the first year, a couple of raises within the first year. And it just so happened the doctor was opening up this doctor's coaching business. I went on to be the first team member at this doctor's coaching business. And, you know, things were going pretty good. But then there was a point in time when, you know, I kind of, I received a raise that I just wasn't really proud of. And it did a lot of damage to my psyche. Um, And here I was in this industry, in this field, I'm coaching functional medicine practitioners across the country in business. The clients are doing exceptionally well. I had the largest and most successful coaching load. I had been named team member of the year, but I wasn't really believing that I could be an executive. And it, it, it wasn't necessarily a logical belief, but it was this belief that I had. So I'd actually helped to hire the people that were serving in that role pr- prior to me. Um, and I won't go too much more into that piece, but it was interesting because my husband and I, we'd continue to have these conversations where he would tell me how capable I was. And I would tell him how capable I wasn't. And one day I was at a leadership meeting and I stood up from that meeting and I just said, I am going to be the next COO of this company. And I told that to the then COO here. I'm thinking I have at least 10 years, you know, it wasn't kicking them out I, at, at least 10 years. Well, what happened was three months later, that position opened up. And so I knew what that meant. I had to go down the hall. I had to talk to my boss and tell him that I wanted this open position because in the past I would just help to put the ads out and help to hire somebody new. And I, I wanted this position now, right? I had this new belief that I was capable of doing it. And so we got to put action behind that belief. And so I said a little prayer to God, walked down the hallway with that you know, pit in my stomach and a knot in my throat. Cause I was, I was nervous. Um, and I asked my boss for that open position. And what he told me was, Mary, we're not sure that you're right for the position. Um, others aren't sure that you can lead, but if you can do the job, then we'll do give you the pay and the title. And when I heard that in that moment, all of these thoughts just like swirled through my, my head, these emotions flooded my body because you know, I wasn't really sure what more I could do. I was already working early mornings. I was working through lunch. I was working in the evenings. I was working on the weekends. I had never even seen my son play in his piano recital. Um, and so I'm like, okay, I, like I said before, I'd had the largest and most successful coaching load. I was in the position leading up to this one. And so I was like, what, what do I need to do here? And I had a vision for the company, but as I left that office, I knew that I was going to try to do it, right? This was my opportunity. This was my chance. I, I was going to figure this thing out, but it felt like I was failing on all accounts. What I was trying, people didn't seem to really want to follow me. Um, one woman even told me she didn't want to be led by another woman. And I sat at work one day on my day off and my husband called me 
and he said, uh, Mary, I think I'm going to be out of my job. My company is going in a different direction. Uh, now my heart is having to absorb all of these new emotions and my husband, the breadwinner is going to be out of his job. I can't earn a promotion. And we just had our fourth child. And in that moment, um, God spoke to me and he just said, Mary, make a plan because I had this strategic vision. I had a vision for, for how I thought the company should be running the things we should be doing. I could see where things were going off the rails a little bit, but I always, I had a hard time um, having the opportunity to verbally communicate this, you know, it, it just always wasn't enough time. And, and, and just having conversations, you're sometimes met with devil's advocates and, you know, lots of questions that just kind of derail the ability to share the full vision. And so what I did is I'd made this plan, just like the Lord had told me to do. And I turned it in a few weeks later, but it kind of just slid it in on my boss's office and the next thing I know, my boss was at my door and he's like, this is so impressive. When are we meeting to talk about this tomorrow? And the next day I was made vice president of operations. Um, another plan and another year later, I was made chief operating officer. The plans had worked so well to help me be able to get my ideas approved and allow me to implement rapidly because I wasn't having to go and have all these individual meetings. I could literally get you know, 20 ideas approved in a one hour time frame, so I could just get to work on getting the work done. It was really incredible. So I put another one together and turned it in. And that's when I was named um, a partner. I was told I was on track to be CEO in a couple of years. And I was even encouraged to start this business. And so after doing this process, I started teaching others. And what I saw was something so remarkable. They too were able to earn raises and promotions when they hadn't in the past and they were able to earn raises and promotions whenever there weren't current openings whenever their boss wasn't approaching them sometimes the positions that they really wanted didn't even exist within the company but they were able to show their boss through this planning process how they could fill a need within the company and they were able to do their dream jobs and you know people started to get pay raises um, most of them higher than 10%, but between 10 and 40% and their lives were being transformed. And when I was going through this whole process, you know, of doubting myself and not believing in myself, SK, I really thought that I was alone. I thought that I was the only one having these issues, but as an executive, I was interviewing other women. And what I started to notice was that there was an epidemic of women that were under valuing themselves. I would have these highly qualified women come in and they would be asking for these very low salaries. And it was like, it wasn't making a lot of sense to me because I could see all of their value, but they weren't valuing themselves. And that's when I knew that not only did I have a plan that worked, but now I wanted to help other women. And so through starting my business, I put my online course together and I started helping women across the country to go through this process so they can advance in their careers. Um, and what I didn't know at the time is the biases that women faced. I didn't really understand that. But through discovering this, I didn't understand all the net negotiation tactics. But as I started to discover these things, it's helped me to see why the plans work so well because they do the hard work of negotiation for you and they bust through biases without having to address them head on. Um, and so 
I've just, I, God has just put this incredible goal and mission on my heart. And I say, yes, I, I believe it. And I know it will happen, but I'm on a mission to help 1 million women earn promotions and raises by 2030. And I have a vision of the gender parity gap being eradicated. And so that's what I do today, along with being a beautiful mom of four and a wife and, you know, a dog mommy and a friend and follower of Jesus and all the things. But, um, just, yeah, really just want to empower other women because just seeing the lives that have been changed through the promotion planning system have just touched my heart in such a deep way. Wow. That is powerful. That is incredible. As we're, you know, thinking through, you know, passed over to promoted, you know, what I can't help but notice is potentially like this idea of a nonlinear career path. How or how has that not propelled you into where you're at today? You touched a little bit on, you know, being in the restaurant side of things, switching over into more of a consulting than operations. You know, how do you feel like um, having that non-linear career path has really actually set you up for a lot of success, it sounds like? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, SK. And I think that the first thing that we have to, the, the first thing to anything is the belief. And if what we believe, we will prove to be true. Um, and we can't see this looking ahead, but if we look back in life, and this is what I, I've done to realize like, oh my gosh, I am creating my life. And whether I believe that I can, or I believe that I can't, uh, it's, it's, I'm creating that. Um, and that's, you know, Henry Ford told us that years ago, whether you believe you can, or you believe you can't, you're right. And so by just taking a chance, right? And so we just have to have more belief than disbelief. And so just by, and, so, and a lot of times we need somebody to coach or encourage us. And that's why the people around us are so important because they either help us raise up or they bring us down. And so my husband is incredible because he's always speaking this incredible life into me to say like, Hey, you can do this. Hey, you can be this. And honestly, if it wasn't for him being that catalyst for me, I'm not sure that I would have switched career fields because I wasn't believing that I could, and possibly I would have never been an executive. And so I just, you know, if you, if you want a nonlinear career path, it's completely possible, uh, but you have to believe that it's possible. So I just, anybody listening today, I just want you to know, like, whatever your dream is, whatever this, this, you know, that you, you kind of just sit there and think, well, what if I could do this? Like you can do it. And I believe in you, um, whether that's the C-suite or not, it doesn't matter whether it's switching to a new industry. Like, I believe that you're capable of that. We, the studies show that across the board to SK that, um, belief is a really big indicator. And a lot of the fortune 500 CEOs that are women, they actually never believed that they would be in this position until somebody else told them that they could. And so I'd say whatever career path you want, it's possible, but belief has to come first. Yes, I love that so much. And I think that really kind of ties into this idea of advocating for yourself. And sometimes it's much easier for others to advocate on behalf of other people, but when it comes down to it, it's uncomfortable, it's awkward, it, it feels just kind of wrong sometimes to advocate for what you believe in. But I feel like at times it can be really freeing when you finally open up the possibilities and are able to hopefully help influence decisions to make things better, right? And so I think advocating is so important. 
you know, is that something that you find like based off of writing this book, you know, how do you hope that readers walk away and feel when reading um, your recent work? Yeah, absolutely. Well, we, we absolutely have to advocate for ourselves. And I, the, the world gives us this, this backwards perception of, oh, well, you shouldn't put yourself out there. Oh, well, you know, put others first. Oh, be humble. And, and a lot of times things are misconstrued or we don't want to look entitled. So we don't want to put ourselves out there. Through the book that I wrote, um, there's three different parts to it. And I, I, try, I try put everything in this book that I could fit in there. Uh, we had to take subsections out, but we're, we're giving those away as a bonus for anybody that, that purchases the book and puts the code in. Um, but I wanted to put in there what I needed to hear years ago when I wasn't believing in myself. So part one, we talk about a woman's place. And you know, whether you're a Christian or not, because my book's called God's Not Done With You, I believe that there's a lot of benefit that you can get out of the book. Um, but I wrote it because the woman's place, we talked about why we are in the position that we are today. Why do we believe and think the things that we think? Because I would have women come into my, my program and they would question, well, should I want a promotion if I'm going to have a child? Um, you know, shouldn't I just be happy with where I'm at? Doesn't promotion come from the Lord? And so we have to understand that we need to advocate for ourselves in our careers. And it's okay to advocate for ourselves. Jesus was advocating, right? Like we see people in the Bible advocating over and over again. And what, what I want us to understand through the book is like, we're in this situation uh, for a variety of reasons, but we don't have to remain there. And so the second part of the book I call harmonizing your heart and renewing your mind. And if you are a Christian, um, like I am, when I was saved, I accepted Jesus into my heart. I initially felt my life transformed. I, I, I got a heart transplant, as they say, you know, the Holy Spirit came in. And, but I didn't really understand what the death, burial, and resurrection meant for me. And so I wasn't experiencing the promises of God. And through this process, you're able to get your confidence from the Lord because God is for you. He wants you to get the desires of your heart, but there's a way that we have to go about things, our intentions, our motivations, the way we're approaching advancement and why we're wanting it. It, it matters. It matters a great deal. The way we show up to lead others, um, it matters a great deal. One of my mentors, John Maxwell, he says, you know, we are going to be responsible for how we've led people here on earth. And so this section, but if you're, if you're not a Christian, the book is still really good because what was happening for me is I could tell that my life was like, not the way that I wanted it to be right. I was having career success, but I wasn't having peace of mind the way I wanted it to be. I was kind of like stressed out. I had mom guilt all over the place. I had work guilt. Yeah, I had guilt on top of guilt on top of guilt. And that was not helping me to live my best life. And so I actually started going through a healing process um, from some childhood trauma that I experienced. And through this process, people were recommending different things to me. Uh, one of those being meditation, Others would talk to me about gratitude and affirmations. And I was doing all of these things, but what I was feeling like is I was, I was doing the self-help stuff. And then I had my time with God 
And, and so, but I was just really checking the God box when I was over here and I really didn't feel good. I almost felt like I was trying to manipulate God when I was doing affirmations or visualizing things or, and what I started to understand and what God showed me is that these self-help things work because they are universal laws that God actually designed for us. And so in the book, I, 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 cover like why we're thinking the way we're thinking, how to change our thoughts, because I used to have all of these negative ruminating thoughts in my head, these negative thought loops that were producing all of this fear and all of this stress, but we have to learn how to get those loops to change. And so today I can honestly say, I don't have all these negative loops running through my head. And when we don't have these negative loops running through our head saying, well, what if that doesn't work out? What if that doesn't happen? And we know that the, all of the, all of our yeses and all of our no's, God is using them to move us towards our greater good. Then we're more willing to put ourselves out there because a lot of times we don't want to advocate for ourselves because we're afraid we are like, well, what if they say no, or what if they say yes? And then I can't actually do the position that would be scary too. And so that's kind of the second part of the book. So you can actually live in abundance and have peace. And that was something that was really important to me. And, you know, originally when I was writing the book, God wasn't in the book. It was just going to be a brief history of why we're here. Um, This chapter that I called executive mindset that talked about all these personal development things. And then it was going to be the seven step, my promotion plan, which is how you transform your career, how you actually talk to your boss, how you know what your worth is and how you avoid all of the common career mistakes. But what ended up happening is after I got the manuscript wrote, God's like, I'm supposed to be in your book. And what was one chapter, this executive mindset actually became the largest part of the book. And it, from the responses that I've gotten from the readers, it's so transformative because they're actually experiencing the peace because now they have renewed their mind. And so whether you renew your mind with the Lord and you harmonize it, the important thing to understand is that, and I tie a lot of science and energy into the book because it's amazing how it all just points and it all ties together. Um, And it's incredible because when we understand how to have better thoughts, we can now not be afraid to advocate for ourselves. And that's really important because I teach you how to put a beautiful plan together. I teach you how to approach your boss, but if you're still stuck in the fear zone, then you're not, you may not turn that plan in. And I've seen that happen a time or two where women will put these beautiful plans together and then not want to turn them in. And this is the difference maker. Um, And this was the difference maker, you know, for the people, this is the difference maker for the people that I work with inside my coaching group, because now they have a coach to walk them through these steps and most people will get a raise or promotion on the spot, but sometimes they don't. Um, but one of my clients that actually didn't get a raise or promotion on the spot, it's beautiful because she is now doing the very things that she put in her plan that she wanted to do. She actually connected with me a couple of weeks ago and she just said, thank you so much. Like I am doing the things that are in my plan. I've never had more freedom in my life. I love the things that I'm doing. And this is somebody that didn't get like that instant promotion or raise because 83% of people do get an instant promotion or raise, but you know, there's 17% that don't, but these people are all working towards that. And so to even see that and hear from her husband, I ran into him one day and he just said, thank you so much. Like 
my wife has so much more confidence in everything she does now. But just being able to get to that point where we will advocate for ourselves. Yeah, definitely. So I have to ask this question because I feel like you're really touching on it. When it comes to characteristics, you know, you talked a little bit about executive mindset. I'm picking up on this idea of like influential leaders. What would you say are characteristics of influential leaders? And what do you mean by having an executive mindset? Can you kind of go into that a little bit further for us? Yeah, absolutely. So there are a lot of characteristics to leadership. I like to joke of. I coach with uh, John Maxwell and the Maxwell Leadership Corporation. I'm one of their certified team members. And John has over 70 books and all of these books have between, you know, 15 and 21 laws or principles. And so there's a lot of leadership stuff we need to know out there. But the heart of it, SK, to be a leader, the best characteristic you need to have is you need to, to value people. You need to love people. And I I know that's like, oh, well, love, that seems like this romantic thing, but no, like love the verb, like the same way that Jesus loved in the Bible, we have to love people because when we value people and we love people, we are going to do the right things by people. And that's how we're going to be able to create the greatest cultures. And we're going to be able to develop high performance teams because high performance teams are built around trust and respect. And we, when we value people, we trust them, we respect them, and they can trust and respect us. So we have all those things like high integrity, we have kindness. It doesn't mean that we don't hold people accountable. We still have to do that. It doesn't mean that we don't have goals. It doesn't mean that we don't care about how work is done or that we don't have results. But we really are thinking about how am I going to lead in a way, if somebody was having to approach me about this thing, how would I want them to do that? And it's, so it's not that we have to be soft, but you know the fear-based leadership, it doesn't work. The toxic cultures, they're spending so much money. There's so much opportunity cost being lost. And people, um, you know, one of the things that happens is people don't want to put their ideas out there. And so I'll have people come to me and they'll just say, well, my boss doesn't really listen to ideas. And that's why it's so important to write them down because you could get those ideas listened to more frequently. But depending on how your culture is, you know, it can just become more challenging. So those are really the the characteristics that are most important. Um, But just kind of love is the cornerstone. And what I find really interesting, SK, because as I went through my healing journey, I actually realized that I didn't love myself. And because I was processing all this trauma and then I was processing newer trauma. And I came to this realization that I don't love myself and not that I don't love myself at all, but I didn't love myself in an unconditional way. So in order for me to love myself, I had to have some kind of success. I had to have some kind of achievement. I had to be at some kind of body weight. There were all of these rules created for myself to love myself, but here's what we know. We can't give what we don't have. And so as a leader, you have to love yourself and you have to respect yourself. You have to trust yourself. And if you can do that, then you can give that love unconditionally to others. And so I actually became a greater mother, a better mother, a better wife, a better leader 
once I learned how to love myself unconditionally. Great advice. Wow. And I think that you're so spot on when it comes to really loving your team, whoever that may be, or just people in general. I think there's something really powerful when people feel seen, heard, and valued. And I think you're spot on with that advice. Yeah, absolutely. You, you just, people thrive in those kind of cultures. They don't want to, they don't want to leave when they feel respected, when they feel appreciated, when they feel recognized, when they feel heard. And you, there's so many different leaders out there, but that's like, I like to coach heart-centered leaders that also want, you know, accelerated high, high-performing high teams. Like they want to accelerate their leadership and have high-performing teams. Um, but they're doing that from a place of heart centeredness, not of, well, I give them a paycheck, so they should work. Well, of, of course they should work, but just because you give them a paycheck, it doesn't mean that you also have to be rude or mean or create chaos in their life because how much more would they want to give you if they knew that you loved them and cared about them? Yeah, it's the secret sauce. I really do feel like it is. And I think it can get really hard at times to get caught up in the deadlines and caught up in the bottom line and, you know, results and growth and all the things that, you know, it takes to create a thriving business. But at the heart of it, it's your people, right? It's the talent. It's the people who were driving it forward. And it's all about a winning culture. And I think as much as we want to think that we can crank everything out <laughs> at turbo speed, People have lives, people have baggage, people genuinely just want to feel cared for and thought of and appreciated. And so I'm right there with you. I think the more you can build others up along the way, I think the better off everyone is, including that individual and, and the team, ultimately resulting in the business thriving. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's why it's important for, you know, for, for companies to have a good vision um, a good mission, like, and then core values that people not only like, not to somewhere on a wall somewhere or shoved at a book somewhere, but that people actually live out and embody because it helps people to understand, okay, this is how we operate here. But we also respect people. When we respect people, we respect their values. And we can't expect like, it, it's, it's, it's crazy to me when people just think like, oh, well, you should work 24 seven, especially now that a lot of remote work is being done or since the invention of cell phones and all these personal computers and, and laptops and all these things, right? We've just, we've made it where work, work could be 24 seven, but the studies show that when people are working that much, their productivity goes way down and their satisfaction goes way down. And so we're not actually being more productive by logging more hours, but we just have these old algorithms that tell us like, We'll give more and give more and give more. And I think that's sometimes why women are resistant to want to advance in their careers because they think that it means that they're going to have to log even more hours. And what I know is if you can advance in your career and you can continue to be successful and you can make it to those upper ranks, you can now really create systematic changes Yeah, that doesn't have to lead to an overworking culture. Um, and you can be efficient within your role because there's a lot of people that aren't efficient, so they have to work more hours, but you can be efficient, more efficient than others. So I would never look into somebody else. That's, that's one of the mistakes that women make. I talk about 10 of them in my book, but 
10 mistakes that we make um, when advancing our careers is like not wanting a position or not thinking that we can get a position because we're not like that person in that role that holds it currently. And so they're not the standard for that position. They just happen to be in that role. You, you know, you moving into that position, you should be better in different ways. Of course, but it's so funny how comparison is such the thief of joy and it truly is because I was having a conversation with someone recently and we were talking about roles and it was very clear to me that that person was indicating that I probably couldn't have done that role. And so I just, I just sit back and smile and I just, you know, I just nod and, and take it for what it is, but I'm like, what an opportunity to build people up and to not compare yourselves because everyone has a different capacity. Everyone has different skill sets and that's what makes a really awesome, unique team is when you've got different perspectives, different skill sets, different ways of doing things, perspectives, but collaboration is a cornerstone of all of that. And so it just, it cracks me up hearing you say that because I, I promise I've had a conversation at least this week, if not in the last month about this. And it's so easy to get into the trap of just churning out work and, and willing to, to you know work extra nights and weekends and extra hours because that's the culture that is defined and created. And you're, you know, I think we as women, I can speak for myself. I feel like there's this fear of not enough or the scarcity mindset. And we feel, at least I felt at times that if I'm not constantly proving my value through the time and effort that I'm putting in, that someone else will do it instead. Right. And so there can be this idea of, of 24 seven, you know, type of work and boundaries are important for a reason, you know, people need to reset and recharge and come out stronger for it. Absolutely. And you're, you're right. I, I opened the book up um, by claiming I'm a Christian workaholic, like, you know, confessions from a Christian workaholic. There I am. Like, this is what was happening. You know, I was sacrificing everything at home for everything at work, but you know, it doesn't matter how much you give it. It, it you could still be let go. You could still like the, but here's the thing. Um, when we do the right things and, you know, I talk about this from a Christian perspective, but I, I just think no matter what, if you do the right things, right. And you're doing things for the right reasons. It you're never, you're never going to regret putting your family first. You're never going to regret taking that time to spend with your friends. You're never going to regret those things, but if you work your life away, you, you're likely going to regret that at some point. You're going to be like, why did I do all of this? And you're right. We will have these people around us that aren't always lifting us up. Um, I once some, had someone tell me after I shared my most vulnerable story from stage, they told me that I should never speak again. Or not that I should never speak again. I'm not saying that right. But they said maybe I shouldn't speak about that. Or maybe I shouldn't. Maybe maybe speaking doesn't have to be my thing. I'm not going to say they went so far to say never speak again. But they alluded to the fact that um, it, it wasn't, I, I wasn't a good speaker. But I'd never connected more deeply with people than at that point. Because for the first time, I was actually telling a vulnerable story. Where before, I always just wanted to look perfect. I was like hiding behind perfectionism and I actually wasn't connecting with people in a real way because nobody no people actually aren't learning from your success where I used to think like oh you have to be perfect and don't tell anybody about any of your failures because nobody wants to see that they will only believe you and you know want to follow you if you've only been uber successful 
And I don't know how I got that so wrong, but I had it wrong for a long time. And it was really stopping me from connecting with people because I had to just put up this front. And even when other people were, were like sharing things that weren't positive, I was like, oh my gosh, don't share that. Like, <laughs> that's not good to share, but it is good to share because when we can see that somebody else has taken that journey, then we know that we, we start to believe that we can do it too. And I just always wanna encourage people like get close to the things, right? Get close to the people that have done what you wanna do because you're gonna realize like they're a human, they're a human like you, we're all just humans. It doesn't matter. Some people are just willing to put themselves out there and they are willing to put in the work. I'm not gonna say that it doesn't take hard work to be in a leadership position, it does, but it's worth it. And at the end of the day, for me, I know God isn't ultimately in charge so if I am making the right decisions for my family, if I'm putting God first, putting my family second, putting my business third, then he's going to take care of that provision for me. And I'm not going to have to worry about, well, did I, did I work enough this week? Because all of those extra hours, people aren't even probably noticing all of them. And if you just get results, that's what truly matters. Yeah, definitely. I needed to hear that today. So thank you. I think a lot of our friends who are listening are probably like, yep, I needed to hear that. So I think it, in this culture, in this world that we live in, I think it's so easy to want to try to hit on all cylinders, be all the things to all the people at all the times. And uh, it's just an unattainable goal. And so it's refreshing to hear someone who has been there and done that. And he says, look, it's just not worth it. Quit trying to aspire to perfection because especially as a leader, you're never going to be that. And that's okay. Yes. And, and we've got this person, SK, you're so right. And if we're not careful, it's like, everything has to be perfect. Like we have to be perfect at planning birthday parties. We have to be perfect at cleaning our houses. We have to be perfect at packing lunches. We have to be perfect at, at how we do our hair and our makeup. Like we have to, how we dress, like how we decorate our houses. Like the, the, the world of social media has just like showed us the best of everything. And we can just want to obtain that, um, not even necessarily someone else telling us we have to, we're just like, oh my gosh, if they can do it like that, I should be able to do it like that. But what has really helped me is just to say, like, what do you really thrive on? Like, what, what brings you energy when you do it? Because that's how you need to do it. Like, there's a lot of ways to market a business out there. There's a lot of ways to lead. There's a lot of ways to do, you know, a lot of different jobs. And, you know, you've got to do the things that are really in your strength zone the things that really bring you joy and not worry about the rest of it. It's not going to say that you don't have to do some things that, you know, aren't exactly joyful all the time. We do, but we don't have to hold ourselves to this picturesque standard that the internet shows us because that, you know, it's not, it's not meaningful at the end of the day. Yes. I think it's okay to know that, uh, we're all just human and we're all just putting one foot in front of the others. So when you look back on your life, you know, when it's all said and done, what do you hope your legacy will be? Yeah. So for me, the, the thing is, is I want other people to recognize that because of the work that I've done, uh, whether it's through the book or the courses or the leadership training or the speaking that I do, that they will say my life has been changed for the positive. And not only did did Mary have an impact on my thought? And she helped me understand my worth and my value. 
Um, but because of this, knowing her, you know, I grew my relationship with the Lord and I passed this information on to somebody else. And I know that seems like a lot, but I just, I want them to know, like, not only has my life been changed, but I was able to help change the life of somebody else. Because if we have that ripple effect and we all keep paying it forward, then the world just, it becomes a beautiful place and everybody gets the joy of giving. Yes. So I have one more question for you, Mary. This is one of my okay. favorite questions of every yeah. that I do. I think it's an important question because mm-hmm. truly everyone has just a different answer. And I think that's what's really beautiful about it. But how would you define success for yourself? Yeah, success for me is being obedient to the Lord. So God is always talking to us. And so for me, every day that I can wake up and have my focus on him first and every day that I can say, okay, God, you, you want me to do this thing. I'm going to do it. Even though it's hard, it's big, it's scary. I'm going to just do that anyways. And so success is following God's will for my life. And, you know, kind of, it's, it's not like it's a game, but it kind of is like we saw Moses in the Bible, right? He, he's supposed to be leading everybody um, into the promised land. And here he gets stuck in the wilderness. It's like, I want to live my life. Like, how can I get as far as I can? If we just call it a game, how can I get as far as I can um, in this with, 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 with busting through? Because I still have days of fear. I still have days of, you know, imposter syndrome. I still have days of insecurity, but how can I just say, okay, Lord, you have this for me. I'm going to step into this not because of who I am, but because of who you are. And every day that I do that, I, I say that's a success. And, you know, when I make it home, he'll say my good and faithful servant. And that, that would be success. Well, switching gears a little bit. Now it's time for the leading ladies to be loved rapid fire game. Get excited. Yay. I'm ready. I am so excited. I love this part of your show. It's, it's so joyful for me. Oh, good. I'm glad. Well, basically, all you have to do is I'm going to shout out some adjectives, and I'd love for you to think of the first lady that comes to mind that is uh, the embodiment of that adjective. Just one or two sentences um, after you shout out her name. So are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. All right, let's do this. The first word is resilient. Resilient. Jamie uh, Kern Lima is definitely resilient. Um, She is the founder of It Cosmetics. She was told no, 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 and more no. And she kept going. Um, She kept just believing in her vision. And I am so grateful that she did. Yes. Next word is compassionate. Compassionate. This one, oh, there's so, there's so many. I would say um, Cheryl Batcher is very compassionate. She just has a way of leading with service. And I think when we lead with service that we can never go wrong. We are always thinking about how other people are reacting and how other people are, you know, like what other people are feeling. And we're cognizant of that. And I I just love that. Next word is leader. Leader. 
so many powerful leader women out there. Mary Barra, um, she is an incredible leader. I love watching her. I love following her. Um, she has just been an incredible example for women. Not only has she made it to that CEO role at GM, but she has acknowledged that women are not advancing in the ways, you know, in all the ways that they could. So she steps out and she talks about it and she has changed and she has set career paths within her organization. And so the fact that she is, you know, leading a car manufacturer um, that's not a traditional female job, that is just, she's just such an incredible leader to, to all of us women. Yeah, next word is empowering. Empowering. For this one, I would say probably Mel Robbins sticks out to me. Um, she just continues to be an authentic leader. I was just watching one of her things on Instagram today and she was just talking about how shitty her day was and how she was gonna be doing breathing. And she was, in, she was inviting people to breathe with her. But she is so empowering because she continues to give us things that we can do, like her five second rule, you know, where she knows if we just don't make a decision right away that we are gonna back ourselves out. And so she continues to empower us um, with her messages, with her vulnerability, with her authenticity. Last but not least, influential. Influential. Um, wow, so many women. I would say, you know, I, I'm gonna pick Sheryl Sandberg for this one because she has created systems to help women advance in their careers. Not only that, she's brought awareness to the challenges that women face and through her nonprofit, Lean In, she continues to give out amazing resources, not just for women, but for businesses as well. So we can not only have an awareness of the biases that women face, but they can actually have resources to be able to train. And so she just has incredible resources. And so she just, she's very inspirational. And wow, well that ends the Leading Ladies We Love rapid fire game. Great job. Thank you. I've, I've, I've loved the opportunity to be able to give a shout out to some people like that have had an impact on my life. Yeah, definitely. Well, before we go, please tell our friends who are listening, what is your shameless plug? How can they find you online? Yeah, so you can find me at coachmaryg.com. That's coachmaryg.com. Um, got all the information there on the book and the courses and the leadership circles that we run. And then on social, just Mary Jervich. Love to connect with you on social. I'm very social on LinkedIn, so feel free to friend me and let me know you found me here and also on Instagram. Wow, Mary, it has been such a joy just hearing your heart. Please don't be a stranger. Please come back. Big things are coming. I cannot wait to hear your uh, next episode on your podcast and getting that launched and everything else in between. Thank you so much for sharing your insight today. Thank you, SK. It's a pleasure and an honor and a privilege to have the opportunity to, to have this conversation with you today. And together we rise and, you know, women are going to continue to advance. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Ladies Who Lead podcast. Looking for another way to engage with the Ladies Who Lead podcast? Check out our Instagram. It's in our show notes at the Ladies Who Lead 
And don't forget to check out our website, www.theladieswholead.com. Until next time, I'm SK Vaughn.